All right, y'all, get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Len. This is one of your hosts, Mr. David Coker, part of Dave Mark Inc., um, music management um, promoter, marketing specialist, and all-around good guy, hanging out with my partner, Mr. Leonard Young. What's going on, sir? Hey, Dave. Everything is good. This is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide. DelawareBlack.com, Black Media Specialist, all-around good guy. You say it, you call it. Damn, what, they, what what's that saying? Nothing. You yeah, did, I, you did I don't know well. what it is. Okay. Yeah, you did, you did just well right there. Yes, okay. yes. And see, Dave, that's what happens when I don't stick to my script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you did a good job there, sir. You, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, you did a good job. Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll have it ready for next week. <laughs> yeah, Dave, how, how was uh, your weekend? Uh, it was fine, so it was hot out, man. Yeah, it was hot. It was hot this weekend. Yeah. Don't you think? Um, I, 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 I know. Yeah, I know you're out in the elements all the time. So you know, uh, the you know down there at the camp and everything. Right. How's everything been with uh, traffic there? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Dave, we we in the cut, so traffic here is fine. <laughs> no, no complaints. At the moment. Oh, there he is. Uh, what, I was saying. Uh, <laughs> I was saying. Uh, I was saying. You know, you had, you had a lot of people coming through there. Um, a, a little bit. So we, um, to be honest, we we had activities outside the campground all weekend. So I went down to Baltimore yesterday. One of my cousins was having a a pool party, and then Friday we were at um, a field hockey game and a football game. And to be honest, Saturday, I don't know what, what we did, but we, we did something. Yeah. Uh, so, well, uh, did Quincy play in the football game? No. So, unfortunately, he did not play. So, they had um, combined the JV and varsity to play in the scrimmage against another school. And, unfortunately, they told them that if they don't think they're ready to play, they are not going to play those people. So, unfortunately, my son was one of the ones who did not get to play. Was he upset? No. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. You know what? I get that. You know, uh, playing with some of the earlier sports teams that I played yeah. with. Yeah, you know, you didn't, you know, you got to get your head right in order to, you know, be ready to go in, you know. So, right, exactly. Sometimes you just want to sit and watch. Sometimes yeah. you just want to sit and watch and, and, and kind of observe first, you know. So, um, so I get that. Yeah. So I ain't mad, I ain't mad at them as far as that's concerned. Did they win? 
Um, so it was a scrimmage. To be honest, I'm not even sure, you know, because the whole time I was just looking for him to go in, but he never went in. So um, okay. I'm not sure who won, but the scrimmage wasn't what I expected. You know, I was thinking it was going to be like a real game, maybe not all the hard hits, but they literally had the coaches were on field behind each team. And after every play, they were like coaching them, you know, in between. So, you know, it, it wasn't like a real game where you got into it because they kept stopping every minute. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Yep, so that... Say it one more time. I said, how the field hockey game go? Um, feel like it was good. You know, they all, oh, I mean, it was good. They um faced a team that was a lot better than them, but it, it was good. Okay. All right. So, all right. Yeah. What, what, what about your weekend? Anything exciting? No, no, nothing exciting, man. Just kind of cruise through the weekend and, uh, you know, uh, just trying to make, make, make it through this week. You know, man, just sitting here watching the summer just kind of fly past us, man. You can see it's getting dark early now, and you know, it's, it's you know, you hate, kind of hate this time of year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are changing, and you know, see the school buses out again. I know, the, God, the that came so fast, man. Up. Yeah, that came so fast that school thing, man. So, are you kids back in school? No, so my daughter, so it's real weird, the high school that she goes to, today, Monday, the seniors go, Tuesday, the juniors go, Wednesdays, the sophomores go, Friday, the freshmen go, and they all go individually, just that grade, and then Friday, they don't have school. So, of course, this week, she only has school on Wednesday, which she's happy about. Right. And then, you know... um, everyone else goes back to school the following after Labor Day. So, and see, we never went back to school before Labor Day. I, I don't get it. Uh, I, I don't get the whole thing about having them go to school the week of uh, the week before Labor Day. I don't. I don't get that. And then give them off, you know, on Labor Day. Um, right. That don't make any sense. That's like wasting time to be, but um, yeah. that, that's the school system we're in now. Right, exactly. Um, so, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a quiet weekend. Didn't do it. Didn't, like I said, didn't do do much of anything. Just um, kind of pay attention to, you know, how quickly the year is going. Man, you know, we'll we'll be talking about. Um, well, you know, we got you got your big grand opening coming up um, in October. That time is coming real quick. Uh, you know, uh, well, matter of fact, you, you should be talking about it. Go ahead and say something about what you plan on doing. So we're we're finalizing the details. So I'll, I'll have more information the following Tuesday. Okay, and so the weekend of the sixth, seventh of October, look out for those details, people. Uh, for the grand opening, um, well, yeah, I, I, so, I, we can't call it grand opening. It's already open. Celebration, celebration weekend. weekend. Yeah, okay, right. celebration weekend. 
ago um, down at the campgrounds, at the DNR campground. So, um, something else I would agree to say. Um, it's, been, it's been interesting. Uh, you know, we've had all kinds of, it seemed like, you know, never a dull day goes by anymore without something happening. I saw a couple of legends die. Uh, you were a big wrestling fan back in the day, right? I was. You remember Terry Funk? Slightly. Yeah, I saw that he passed away. He was like 74 years old, but I remember him. He was a, you know, he's a wrestling hall of famer and so forth. He's been, and he was, he became a movie. Uh, he started doing movies at the end too. He was in, after his wrestling career, he started doing movies. He was in a couple of movies with oh, Sylvester Stallone and so forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, uh, Sylvester Stallone, uh, actually, um, gave him a nice tribute, you know. Um, oh, did he? You know, yeah. So, and of course, we had Bob Barker to die, you know. Somebody, oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't hear uh, that. See, see, Leonard's been under a rock, you know, people. So, I have. yeah, yeah, but he was 99 years old. I can't believe that. So, when he retired, because he's probably been off of prices right now, what, 15, 20 years somewhere around mm-hmm. there? So he was in his, he was almost oh, yeah. 80, probably. I, know, he, or 80 I mean, he, he was definitely old up there. Yeah. But he, you know, he looked, he still looked good back then, you know, uh, yeah. you know, but they, yeah, they, uh, but he was 99 years old. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, that is crazy. So, but, um, yeah, just, uh, just a couple of people, um, from the past. I know, um, um, the, um, uh, course we've had um a lot to go on with um uh, oh the little league world series i know you're not a baseball guy but i thought it was pretty interesting the little league world series is a big thing because it ends up being normally united states some team from the united states against some team from another country right so this year it was california against Coruscant. And California won on the last at bat. <laughs> this guy, this kid. Now, this kid, this kid is six one, Leonard. He's he's like twelve years old. He's six one. I mean, oh, he's like your son. Your son has how tall now? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely five eleven, thirteen, and thirteen yeah, years yeah. old. I mean, these kids grow so. Yeah, he's you know. This kid had two home runs in the game yesterday, but he hit the he hit the home run, the game winning home uh, home run yesterday, and I was like, "Wow, you know." Now that kid, that kid probably has a career. You know, he he probably wrote his ticket with that hit at the end of that game to any school he wants to go to, right there. Right, right. And he's and he's in little league. I mean, that's how they do it now. They scout him that young. And you know they are offering scholarships to kids like that already. If they're making commitments to have them making commitments to their schools. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's crazy. Um, um, you know, I, I I tell you, it's really it's really interesting the dynamics with the sports and everything now, and everything that comes because if you have an elite, that's why people try to build 
build their their children into superstars because if you have an elite uh, child that plays some type of sport well, they can write their ticket pretty much anywhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, or at least they, they, they have a lot of options, you know, whether they division one, two, or three. Yeah. And, and that's, that makes all the difference in the world because if you have those options, that, that, you know, that's half the battle as far as getting them in the school. Um, it was just like in the Little League World Series a few years ago, there was a young lady named Nate Davis. I don't know if you remember the story. She pitched. She was from PA. Yeah, she was from Philly. And yeah, right. And all you know, she said that she wanted. You know, she played basketball. She played softball. She played uh, baseball. You know, she did, did everything. And she wanted. She said back then she wanted to play for the University of UConn basketball team. And Coach uh, REM Emma had reached out to her and said, well, we would like to have you. Now, this girl's like, what, 10 or 11 at the time, 12 or something like right. that. She didn't end up going. She's in scholarship. She's, um, she ended up getting a scholarship. She's down in – she chose to go to HBCU. Yeah, Hampton. And she's at Hampton. Yeah, yep. she's down there at Hampton. Yeah. This her, is this a senior year? I think it might be or, a, or junior year, senior year. But down there, doing very well down there. So – you know, that just tells you. But I mean, it was because of what she did in the Little League World Series that got her where she is now. So you know. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, you know, I just wanted to bring those things up. So, but I guess we got a couple stories to talk about. Um, you know, I gotta catch my partner whenever I get a chance to talk to him because I don't get a chance to talk to him much. So I just figure I just try to talk to him. You know, no you know, comment. Say to... <laughs> there we go. But um. I guess we'll go ahead and get into our stories for the show. Um, uh, let me see. What are we starting with? Okay. Well, we had a, a bit of tragic news over the weekend. Um, we had another one of those stories. And, you know, you and I have talked to too, about too many of these stories. But uh, white supremacists targeted HBCU before killing three in Jacksonville, Florida. Dollar general mass shooting. Um, so, um, I'm gonna read a little bit of this so you kind of get a backdrop to the story. It says, Before a racist mass shooter killed three black people at a Dollar General in Jacksonville, Florida, he tried to carry out the hate crime at a nearby HBCU. Jacksonville, Florida, which HBCU was down there? You said in Jacksonville? Yeah. Um, Edward Waters. That's the only one I thought it was another one down there, way too. So I mean Daytona beat down beat uh Bethune Cookman is close, but it's not yeah, I, that's that's what I yeah, I think that's what I was okay. thinking about Bethune Cookman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think they ever named what school it was. Because I've been learning this story all weekend. I don't think they ever said the name of school. Um, but anyway, um, it says, um, while the fastest uh, Republican leaders attempted to erase history of white supremacist violence from schools and books, a coward with a gun doomed another community to repeat it. News One reports a white man in his 20s. Here we go again. 
at a Jacksonville Dollar General. The racist attack left three victims dead. Uh, there's a there's a footnote here. It says, "Please note the Jacksonville gunman was in his early 20s, implying that racism will simply evaporate after a certain generation. It's foolish and naive. It also absolves people from having to do any real work. Racism plus white supremacy are thriving problems in our society that are." Um, statement not limited to age or generation. That's deep. I like that. Uh, according to Jacksonville County Sheriff uh, T.K. Waters, the manifestos make it undeniable clear, undeniably clear that this was an anti-black hate crime. He revealed a well-documented history of this cowardly um, killer's hate. The shooting sent manifestos to the media. The shooter sent manifestos to the media, law enforcement, and his parents, highlighting racist indoctrination, indoctrination and fueled the attack. His parents notified police after he instructed them to check his computer to read one but by then it was too late. You know, I, when I heard this story, um, and there's more, of course more to it, but it just, it almost makes you scared to go anywhere anymore. I mean, take your family. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, I really don't. Um, What's your thoughts on what you heard? Yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely think it's crazy. And, you know, sometimes it kind of reminds me, I remember growing up, and I forget what war, but, you know, you know, well, in my high, middle school and high school years, when I would watch TV and I'd watch the news, they would always show um, depictions of the Middle East, and you would always see bombing and shootings yeah. and yeah. mass shootings. Yeah. And it's so funny because mm-hmm. I just always think like, man, like, thank God, you know, that's not happening over here. But, you know, clearly now it's happening over here. Um, I will say I'm not fearful to go places, but I am, you know, I do try to keep my head on a swivel. But, you know, Dave, to be honest, I, I think it's just a sign of the times. Like these are things we're just and I mean, I hate to say have to get used to, but. Um, Cause you remember Columbine was one of the first mass shootings, and since then we probably had like a thousand. You know, like I mean, mass shootings almost every day. So I mean, unfortunately, I think oh, yeah. this is something we have to prepare for. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's gotten out of hand. Um, and it's really a shame. And of course. I think timing has a lot to do with it as well because a lot of the stuff really started happening around the time of uh, Mike's lawsuit. But, um, you know, we know things really picked up when um, 45 was put in office. Um, and it, what's interesting about this guy is that he tried, you know, he went to the school first, but 
security wouldn't let him in right. to try to fool them to try to get through the gates, and they wasn't going for it, you know. So, so oh no, uh-uh. you ain't coming in here. So, um, um, thank God because just think, he could have did a lot more damage at that school. Yeah, definitely. You know, so, and, and Dave, so, you know, to be honest. Um, cool. Um, kudos to the security people who did not let them in. Because, you know, a lot of times I can imagine on a college campus people who don't have IDs and they're just able to get in. You know, it's kind of like, oh, I'm here to visit here. I'm, I'm, I'm here to drop something off. So, I mean, you know, kudos. I mean, unfortunately, you know, a bad incident still happened. But, you know, those security people are like, you know, that could have even been a bigger situation to happen. Yeah, it, it could have been, and obviously he must have looked kind of suspicious as well. <laughs> right, um, um, AKA because, White. Yeah, I mean it's not one thing. Yeah, well, but but that doesn't really mean anything anymore yeah. on on right. HBCU campuses because there's quite a few white people that go to these camp these schools now. Right. Matter of fact, you even got some that are pledging fraternities and sororities. That is so, true. You know. Um, you know, so um, you can't always blame it on that. Now, obviously, this guy must have had another look. Maybe somebody looked at him and said, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we don't need to let him on campus, you know. So we never know. I was looking at the ages of the victims, and it was it's really a shame because it was a 19-year-old, 29-year-old, and a 52-year-old. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, so that's kind of a wide range of ages. But... It's really, it's really uh, sad when you see stuff like this, and uh, you know, it also makes you really mad too. You know, it really makes you angry. You know, when you, and it, you know, a twenty-year-old here's another twenty-year-old with all this artillery, and you know, uh, you know, and then always say it always goes back to the two places that stayed open during the pandemic and did all the mo- made all the money. Right. Was was the uh, was the liquor stores and the gun shops? Yeah, you know, you know, and they made all the money, and 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 I'm sure they went hand in hand with each other as well. So yeah, so uh, prayers out to the families, so forth, and um, you know, of the people of the victims, and um, you know. You know, we really need, uh, we really need, we really need to try to get a handle on what's going on in the world today. You know, it's a lot of craziness. So, so, all right, uh, I'm going to leave that story there and we're going to move on to the next one. Um, oh, okay, go ahead. I'll let you handle that one. All right, so Dave, this right here is a, a feel-good story. Um, in case you have not seen the heading, how old do you think the youngest black teacher is? Well, obviously, she's not older than me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? So Dave, and she's obviously a lot younger than me. So. Um, cor- correct on both fronts. 
The youngest black teacher is a teenager. She is 16 years old. Her name is Shania Muhammad. She is from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And she has three college degrees. And she's currently teaching third grade in our hometown of Oklahoma City. So um, it looks like when she started teaching. That's that's amazing. That is really amazing. No, it it is. It is. Now, now, Dave, luckily she's teaching third grade, not middle school, because, you know, um, a, a lot of those middle school look like grown people. So, you oh, know, yeah, that would, that, yeah, that would, that would probably not work. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, of course, when she started, a lot of people were doubting her skills, saying that she's too young. But she holds a bachelor's degree in early education. I'm sorry, early childhood development. And then she has two associate degrees. Um, one from Oklahoma City Community College and the other from Langston University. And she received those when she was just 14 years old. In addition, she has completed two years of the National Teachers Professional Development Training through the Thurgood Marshall Foundation. So, Dave, she, she, she definitely has all the credentials that, you know, pretty much any teacher would have. But, you know, it, it's just amazing that You know, so she's teaching at 16. She had two years of development training. That puts her at 14. So by by the age of 14, she had a college degree and two associate's degrees. Isn't that crazy? And and that right there is is crazy in a good way. It says a lot, you know, because, of course, we've done stories. Yeah. And yeah, and we and we of course we've done stories ever since this podcast has started on um on smart children, right? And 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 you know what they've been accomplishing what they've been accomplishing. And um it's really it's really easy with everything that's going on that um uh, you can have this kind of concentration and be able to 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 pull this off and to make something like this happen, right? Um, and she's teaching. That's amazing in itself. It's not one thing just to have the degrees, yes, but she's actually using the degrees and she's teaching. So um, that's really amazing to me. And um, my hats off to the young lady. And let me see. You said she, she's in what town is she? She's in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Right, that seems to be a popular area. Remember one of the other stories we we talked about. There was some kid. There was a kid in Oklahoma that was, um, you know, <laughs> bright like that. You Probably. Know? Maybe maybe it must be the air. It must yeah, be the air. So I don't know. Um, but that's. That's awesome. Yep. Um. I. I do also want to mention um, for anyone who was interested in following her on Instagram. She getting pic- paid based on based on her degrees and everything, or is she getting paid just a minimum teacher salary? You know what I'm saying? I mean, a probably probably both. She probably, but I mean, what sixteen making maybe thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year? Like, I'm sure she ain't mad. Um, I do also want to mention. There's a lot of people 
that my age, they never never came close to making that kind of money. Yeah, you know, um, so, I, I also yeah. want to mention well, for, wow, for that's anyone. Great. That's great. I also want to mention for anyone who's interested in following her on Instagram or TikTok, her um, username is Smart Girl Shania, and Shania is S H A N I A. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna send her a note. So yeah, uh, do it. Yeah, I'm gonna reach out to her. Yeah, yeah, she'll probably throw a whole bunch of big words at me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, hold on, hold on, let me get my dictionary, let me get my dictionary. Yeah, right, so, right. Um, but that's that's great. Especially when it comes to education, because, I mean, you know, you know, your family was full of educators, right? And, uh, I mean, you know, um, we don't, the education people are being stared away from education these days um, because people don't want to deal with the debt of it and they don't want to deal with um, them bad they don't want to deal yeah and and then coming out and possibly not being able to get anything with the degrees and everything that you have right so you know so but um okay. All right, that's that's a that's a feel good story. We need to have those kind of stories. Uh, here's another um, story that we can probably say would be a feel good story. Uh, some people might debate it. <laughs> you know, you never know because of the person involved. But um, and I saw this on TV the other day that uh, our, our favorite Puff Daddy, Diddy, uh, Brother Love. Uh, Sean Diddy Combs, whatever you want to call him, you know, uh, he invested $2 million to HBCU football team and financial literacy fund. And uh, that was Jackson State that he did that for. Um, you know, he uh, says that Sean Diddy Combs attended the Invest Fest in Atlanta. On Friday, hosting host by Leisure, um, a platform uh, for up and coming creators and venture capitalists. Listen to that. <laughs> Did you hear that? It mm -hmm. says up and coming black creators and venture capitalists. I mean, what kind of world are we living in? Right. financial literacy 
efforts, putting the investment strategies discussed on EYL into action and providing a practical model for economic empowerment, according to press release from Diddy's investment portfolio. Um, so, you know, it's a good look. I mean, he. Yeah, definitely. We, we can't say that he's not a smart guy. Yeah, he is definitely a smart guy. And he definitely knows how to follow the money. Uh, I will say that. He definitely knows how to follow the money. Um, um, he made a sizable contribution to Jackson State University as part of his commitment to Jackson's HBCU football team. Combs pledged $1 million through Sean Combs Foundation. So, and I saw the Jackson State's Jackson uh, State won their first game to Howard. Oh, did and Because Howard's coach is, is retiring. After this year, um, uh, known. Uh, I mean, uh, very uh, respected as far as uh, HBCU football is concerned, and um, and um, I remember them talking about it. Matter of fact, because uh, the Jackson Jackson State won the game, um, and they uh, they had a nice turnout too. You know, considering that prime is not there anymore, prime time right. is not there anymore. You know. Uh, but they had a nice turnout, you know, so it was good. And all the way around because they also got the investment from um, from um, Mr. Combs and everything is all good. So it's always good when we see people, you know, celebrities giving back to their communities and everything because we hear so many negative things about celebrities these days and we never really hear about the behind the scenes things that they right. do. Now, of course, Puffy's going to make sure we know about stuff, you know, because that's just who he is. But but it's a good thing and not a negative thing that he's doing. And, um, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that he's doing positive things. That's really great. So uh, I had to talk to Mr. Sean Puffy Combs. And, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, um, so I know you said Jacksonville State won their first game, but I'm I'm okay. hoping that they don't win their second game. I'm hoping they lose their next uh, game. They, uh, they play in Florida? They yep. play in your school? Yep, they, 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 uh, play fam, they play FAMU in Miami. Okay. Well, let's hope that Florida and them actually – Well, let's hope they bring the football team <laughs> with them. You know, agree. Uh, come out to pull them. Um, yeah, agreed. Okay, all right. Uh, all right. Let's talk about our next story. This is really interesting. <laughs> yep. So, um, Dave, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and play this clip, and uh, then we we can talk about it afterwards. Okay. As soon as it loads up for me. The thing that hurts me the most is that I have to watch the NBA finals and they have world champion on their head. World champion of what? <laughs> the United States? 
Don't get me wrong. I I love the U.S. at times, <laughs> but that ain't the world. That is not the world. We are the world. We have almost every country out here fighting, thriving, putting on their flag to show that they are represented. There ain't no flags in the NBA. <laughs> the thing that hurts. All right, so for, for anyone who's listening, that was Noah Lyles, world champion in the 100 meters and the 200 meter uh, track and field event. And Dave, you know, that, that just sounds like, let me tell you what it reminds me of when Allen Iverson got out there talking about practice. You talking about practice? But, you know, I, I just feel like um, I understood what he was saying but it didn't need to be said. What, what are your thoughts? All right. Well, first of all, let me say this in reference to the practice thing, <laughs> as far as Alan Iverson's thing, because Alan should, it shouldn't have used the public forum to go into the whole practice thing, just like Noah shouldn't have did what he did. Uh, it's kind of the same thing, uh, except that everybody knows that Alan Iverson didn't necessarily, he wasn't, a guy that really liked to practice, but we knew what he was going to do when he got out on the court because he was a beast. Um, Noah Lyles, now, for you guys that are track and field people um, and watch track and field, you should know who this guy is. He's a look-at-me person. Everybody has to pay attention to what he's doing because he is definitely a colorful character out on the track. I get what Noah Lyles was trying to say. And it actually makes some sense. Um, yeah. Other sports, I see the Olympic sports, you guys are competing against everybody in the world. I get that. And you have to beat or compete against these athletes who are coming from all these different nations. But to call out the NBA and say who you guys aren't world beaters and you guys aren't this and you guys aren't that, well, I get that uh, they're playing in the United States against each other. But there's a big percentage of the NBA that comes from outside of the United States. Right. So a lot of the players, the 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 Denver the Denver Nuggets who won the championship this year has a player who's the two time MVP. He was the MVP of the finals, Nikola Jokic, who's not from the United States. He's from someplace right. else. You know. And a couple other guys on that team are too, you know. So to talk about who they're not playing against the world, well, technically they are playing against the world because a good percentage of NBA players in the league right now come from someplace else outside the United States. Right, that is true. So that's not an accurate statement. He didn't think about that before he opened his mouth. I get the context that he tried to put out there, but you got to put it out there in a different way. And you can't put it out there with ignorance. Exactly. 
You know what I mean? You know, it's, you could have put it out there and it could have been well respected to what you're saying. But this dude got so slammed on social media as soon as he said it. And the NBA players and even football players came after him. It's like, who's this clown? And a lot of them, what made it so bad, a lot of them even said, I respect him as an athlete. But, bruh. You're right, right. This was not it. Like that. You can't just keep keep your mouth shut. This is not it. No. And and I don't even think he realizes what he said because he's that type of character. I've watched this guy and um, I've been watching him for about four or five years now since he came in, you know, really came into prominence. Got a lot of talent. But he's not unbeatable. Because I've seen him right. lose. A few times, many right. times, I've seen and, him come and, in second, and, third place. And Dave, yeah. he bar- he barely won that. That hundred was close. Oh yeah, he, he didn't blow it away. Yeah, that was a close race. That was a close race. Yeah, he didn't he didn't go running away. And look, if you ain't if you ain't running nine point five like 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 uh, Mister Usain Bolt, you can't do too much talking. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you ain't running them kind of times. You know, you know, you. You running? You ain't even running. Call Lewis times right now. So you know. So um, for you to come out and say what you're saying, yeah, you're winning races against people who are coming from other countries, and I get it. And I respect the fact that you are facing stiff competition all over the world. But don't be, don't talk down right. against other athletes because you don't think they're doing the same thing that you're doing. When they really are, because you didn't look at the dynamics of what's going on in the NBA and how many of the NBA players are not from the United States. Because I say there's a good, if I'm not mistaken, the NBA probably has about anywhere from two, two-thirds or maybe even over a half of its players coming from outside the United States right now. So for him to say that without really looking at what he was saying, I'm hoping that he comes out with an apology and an explanation as to what he thought he was talking about. <laughs> I don't even think he will even realize what he's done wrong. No, nah, he probably won't. You know, and you know, he probably, he probably won't. And so, um, but that just tells you, here again, you and I have talked about this before, the mindset of the new Gen Zers and, and Gen Xers, you know, they just have a different way of thinking. You know what I'm saying? Very yeah, true. So, yeah. So good luck to him because he's going to have uh-huh. – he's got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, he, he <laughs> do. So, he got a lot of explaining yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. No, not explaining like uh, Lucy used to say to Ricky Ricardo right. back in the day, you got a lot of explaining to do. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so she she didn't put the explaining in there. She said explaining. So, man, oh man, oh man, that's all I got to say. Uh, no, just keep running, man. You're gonna need to. <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> oh man. Um, this next story. This tells you about the world we live in still. Uh, it says, uh, um, KFC slammed for racially insensitive 
um, finger licking good campaign. There's a clip. I, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know if you want to. You want to roll the clip and see see the clip or. Um. Or, so the clip the clip is on my phone. Let, let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay. Why he's looking for it? It said Twitter users are outraged at the new KFC campaign running in Canada featuring black men eating chicken without utensils. The global uh, restaurant chains is accused of being racially insensitive because this new advertisement includes a diverse group of people highlighting the brand's long use, use its finger-licking good slogan. The outrage was sparked after Azim Akhtar, the director of marketing for KFC Canada, posted images um, showing two black men and women of color as they ate chicken and licking their fingers. Sorry, utensils. It's finger licking good. Latest campaign. I couldn't be more proud, he tweeted <laughs> on August 24th. Uh, you, you want me to play uh, the clip? Yeah, yeah, go ahead and play it. All right. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I know you were right. Believing for so I about to say, Dave, you may have to talk people through it. Yeah. So, basically, what's going on here, they're showing all these little clips where people have got the chicken, and they're looking at the utensils like they're foreign objects because they don't need the utensils, they said, because the finger looking good. And you see all these, it's a diversified group of people, and you see them throwing the utensils down and everything. And it, it says, sorry, utensils. It's finger licking good, and they show people licking their fingers and everything. And you know, so it just tells you where we are in the world today because it's um, that slogan has been around since I was a kid. Um, Kentucky Fried Chicken, for those of us old enough, uh, became a thing in the old Geno's restaurants who were. People lived on on the East Coast and were familiar with Geno's. This was before your time, Leonard. Um, um, that were familiar with Geno's restaurant. Geno's had um, they were the big rival to um, McDonald's. Uh, they had you know burgers and fries and shakes and everything. They had uh, McDonald's had the Big Mac. They had the Geno's Giant. It was Similar sandwich to the Big Mac. Um, but one thing that kind of gave Geno's the edge back in the day, and a lot of people like myself and other people who grew up with me around my time will tell you they preferred Geno's over McDonald's because they had Kentucky Fried Chicken. And that was the first time that you ever tasted Kentucky Fried Chicken was in these Geno's restaurants. And even back then, and I'm talking about during the 60s and the 70s, it used to say, finger licking good. And 
But of course, back then it was acceptable because it wasn't considered to be racist. Right. Because it literally it was because the chicken definitely you would definitely lick your fingers after you ate the chicken. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But now to come and try to glamorize that slogan is really kind of a slap in everybody's face because it really does not look like in the ad with using all the diversified people that they're using. It's like they're making fun of the slogan. Right. What's your thoughts? Well, well, well no. What so, um, so I was re- the article looks like it said that um, they when they did the video, the video was an apology video. Um, when they first put up the billboards, they only had black people licking their fingers. Oh, on the billboard, right? On the yeah. billboard, that's right. Yeah, the, the, the billboard. But even still, even still, but even still, with the video, Leonard, it still is, you know, the whole thing of the utensils and throwing the utensils down. I mean, did we need, did they need to do all of that to see this show them eating the chicken? And, and look, they didn't have to say anything about the finger licking thing. They could have went through right. the video and to show people licking their fingers. And everybody would have been fine with that, I'm sure. Because yeah, we know I, I people have been eating Kentucky Fried Chicken for a long time. And anybody who eats chicken, period, knows how that goes. You right. Know, so, uh, right, right. But, you know, um, and the fact that it's coming from Canada, I'm sure that has something to do with it, too. You know, let me say the, the funny thing about it. They talk about putting the utensils down, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you, my son's favorite sides at Kentucky Fried Chicken are the macaroni and cheese and the uh, the mashed potatoes. Coleslaw. So, I mean. Oh, you don't eat the coleslaw? I, I mean, I I will eat it. I don't always order it. But, you know, it's um, just funny because, I mean, he always has a utensil in his hands. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, does he use? He don't use it for the chicken, though, does he? No, no, he, he don't use it for the chicken. Yeah, I say you don't need no. Say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't tell me he's one of these bougie. He's one of these bougie people. Got eat with the spork, you know. Nah, uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he ain't one of them. Uh, okay, all right. So, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, the whole the whole thing, and of course, you know, it's always going to be certain dynamics involved when you look at it because we're always trying to we're always trying to be conscious of people their feelings and how we uh, are viewed and and especially these days because everybody's so sensitive about everything these days you know what i mean right. so you have to be careful how you do things you know um and especially with Kentucky Fried Chicken, because that's such a staple, especially in the black community. You know, even though white, you know, we know everybody eats it, you know, it didn't start out as a black thing. Um, but it became a black thing. Right. Um, um, you know, we're very protective over certain things, you know, and that's one of the things that we're kind of protective over is how we are looked at when it comes to especially eating chicken, you know, that's always been a thing anyway, you know, yeah, because, definitely. you know, if you eat some good, if you eat some good fried chicken, 
you know, it's no way to eat that, <laughs> you know, but right. you're greasy, you know, you know, and um, um, so we're, you know, we're really sensitive about the whole thing. So just keep that in mind. Um, so I just thought it was interesting um, to bring it up, you know, because nowadays with these marketing campaigns, man, when I look at these commercials nowadays, man, I just say to myself, wow, <laughs> that's all you can say, because they do and say anything on these commercials anymore. And then, of course, everybody's politically correct, because how many things um, I don't want to say this. How many same um, same race commercials do you see anymore? And same and versus uh, couples of other you know mixed races. Right, hard now. I mean, not 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 a lot. Yeah, yeah, not a lot, not a lot. And same thing with same sex. Um, you know, same sex um, commercials. There's a lot of those as well. Twenty years. Ago, you wouldn't have, if you seen somebody with the, that was of two different colors in a commercial. You know, you'd be like, "Oh, what this, <laughs> what just happened here?" Now it's just like, "Oh, okay." You just right. you know, you're so used to it now. So yeah, uh, um, so I mean, but you know, here we are. This that just tells you we're in a whole new way, whole new day, and time. You know, definitely, so, um, definitely, yeah, definitely. All right, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind next time I go to Kentucky Fried, too. <laughs> uh, not to put, use my put, right, Dave, put, put, put the fork down, put the fork down. That's what I'm gonna do, put the fork down. So, uh, okay, well, that brings us to um, our latest. Of Dave's Corner, um, Leonard's favorite part of the show. So, I got a good question for you today. And this question goes like this How would you feel about the life you live if you died? What do I mean? Think about it. Take a moment to think about it. And if you had to write it down on paper, Let's say if you had to write it down on paper for somebody to read, maybe your children, maybe your wife, someone that you wanted to read, what would you say about your life? All right, Dave, you, you're trying to get super deep with this one, huh? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I got to keep you on your toes, man. I got to keep you on your toes. So... You know, and and I feel like this is a double-edged sword question. So on one end, I would say that I was pretty pleased. You know, I feel like I made some great friends over the years. Um, I feel like I lived a life that um, made me proud. You know, you know, you know how you you look back on your life and you think about things and you can be proud of accomplishments or, you know, whatever. Um, I also feel that I had a good life. Like I had a lot of people who cared for me and 
Um, you know, I love my kids and, you know, got a great family. So I, I would be proud on those notes. And then I think the, the other end of the sword is, um, regret. So there are a lot of things that I wanted to do that I did not get an opportunity to do. Um, a lot of missed opportunities. You, you, um, you know how you, you know, you can think back and you just think of opportunities, maybe, um, and not, not talking always about romantic relationships, but like relationship opportunities, as well as business opportunities, personal opportunities, um, not taking advantage of time with people before they passed away. Cause you, you know, the older we get, you know, these funerals are, are coming, you know, quicker and yeah, quicker. On a regular basis. Yeah. 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 And then Dave, the, the biggest, um, the biggest thing I would feel bad about is that, you know, I didn't get to see my kids graduate high school. I didn't get to see them go to college. I didn't see, get to see them get married. I didn't get to see them um, have children and vice versa. You know, they they don't get to, you know, spend time with their dad at high school graduation, college graduation. You know, I don't you know, my daughter doesn't get to have her father walk her down the aisle. So, you know, all, all those, um, you know, experiences that my kids would miss out on would probably, you know, make me feel uh, <laughs> sick to my stomach. So um, those are my double edged sword answers. Okay. All right. Um, what about you, David? How would you feel about your life if you died? Let's say not right now, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, let's say you died. How would you feel about your life? You know, I, I, I guess, I guess you're right. You have to look at it in more than one way. Um, you have to look at it in a couple of different ways. Um, I want to say that I feel that I've done the best that I could to try to be a true friend to the people that call me friend or I call friend. That I tried to be a good uh, family member as far as a father, grandfather, uh, cousin, you know, that type of thing as far as my family is concerned that I was able to be influential in a lot of the things that in um that I've done um and a lot of the things I've helped people with. You know, my biggest fear is being able to have a moment like um in a Christmas carol where the ghost of three ghosts come to visit and, mm -hmm. and you're able to see your life, you know, right. unfold, you know, the biggest, the biggest fear that I always had is that I would be able to see my funeral mm -hmm. and one or two things could happen. Either the place is jam packed and everybody's having, you know, either laughing or crying you know, because of some of the things that are being said, because I want it to be a festive thing. I don't want it to be a right. bad thing. Um, 
that um you know people are laughing and, and you know maybe it'd be some tears shed or whatever whatever but i don't want to see the opposite which is nobody's there right you know except for the people that I know would be there, like yeah. my sister and my certain people from my family and so forth. But I'm talking about those people that I thought I made a difference with or those people I thought were my friends or, you know, that type of thing. Also, I would hope that I would I leave here Enough that people, uh, that when I left here, I, I've done enough to have people talking about me for years to come. That is when you know your legacy is real. Right. Is that people still talk about you after you, you're gone. Like, people are going to talk about your father. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, um, after he's gone because of all the different things that he said. I mean, he did. Um, people, you know, People like I, you know, you hear me talk about my mother all the time. Right. You know, uh, somebody said something. One of my cousins said something to me the other day about uh, my mother. I mean, and how much they miss her. And this particular person was probably ten years old when my mother died, but they were around my mother a lot. And they said, you know, and they just said, um, you know, she just said that. Um, um, he, he, I mean, that my mother would, would always be a part of her life because of the way she treated her. Yeah. So when you have that kind of thoughts, those are the kind of, you know, that's the kind of legacy you want to leave. And that's the kind of things you want to happen. I want my kids to feel the same way about me. I don't want them, you know, when I die, I don't want them to not talk about me or not remember me, you know, or or not want to be associated with me because I'm not here anymore. So those are the things that make you think of, you know, your mortality. I mean, you know, your immortality, yeah. um, that type of thing. So kind of sort of on the same level that you're talking, um, you know, it's all twofold. You know, you want to make sure, um, you, you just want to make sure that people remember you. Um, not that it, of course, it's not going to matter to you because, of course, you won't know. But, yeah. Um, but still, it's a nice thing to know that people. Because I mean, you know, when you go to funerals nowadays, and and you look, you look at situations and people. You know, some people, you know, the funeral's over and that's it. You never hear about them again. Mm -hmm. You know, then some people they try to keep the legacy. You know, like, like the Tim does that um, play streets thing at that all summer and that was all started by Rashima Dixon right you know they keep something you know keep her her memory alive you know by doing that that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about you know uh, being able to leave a mark so and I'm sure with everything that you've done you'll you'll definitely do that and uh, I hope to be able to do that as well um, you know it's you know, something that you, if you, if, if somebody, if you say that you've never thought about this kind of stuff in your life, I, I would, you know, anybody ever told me that they never thought about it, I'd say, you lying. It had to cross your mind at some point. Oh, you yeah, know? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. 
yeah, you know, anytime you see a funeral or something, you know, you think to yourself, what would people be saying about me? What would people be right. thinking about me? You know, that type of thing. So, so, but yeah, there you go. That's, that's it for me. Um, uh, that's how I, that's how I would feel. Yeah. Or that's how, I, what, what, what I would write about. Yes. Gotcha. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely understandable. You know, I think everybody, well, maybe not everybody, but, you know, some people do think about how they want to be remembered and then they kind of garner their actions accordingly. Yeah. And and, and yeah. For, for most people, the, the easiest and probably the biggest one is for their kids or their spouse, you know? Yeah, because when you when you think about it, when that person dies and they're no longer here, how, you know, it's how the people react to that. I mean, especially the people they're closest to, if it's their kids or their siblings or their parents or your friends or whatever, you know, like, I know you're going to have a hard time functioning if I'm not here, you know, you know, at, you know, when I'm gone, you're going to be like, Oh man, now I got nobody to talk to. I, you know, you ain't got nobody that's going to set you straight. Uh, you know, that's, we 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 already got your replacement on standby. What you mean? <laughs> we got it on standby. <laughs> that 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 that's a good one. That's a good one. You know, yeah. that was like uh, you you said you did you say you ever watched The King of Queens? I, I love that show. Uh, do you ever remember the the episode where um where um um. What you call him? Uh, the black guy. Um, what's his name? I mean, I'm the, his name. The, I know he's the, the friend. Yeah, he had a black version of Doug. Yes, and was- Doug got jealous. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Every time I see that, I laugh about that because you know, because Doug looked at him and said, "Hey, he's a black version of me." <laughs> <laughs> they were going to games together and hanging out together, or whatever you know. So. But that's that's you know. Uh, first of all, it's only one original David Coker, so uh, you can try to you can try to put somebody in my place, man. It'll never happen, you know. You'd be like, ah, you know, I need him to be this way. I need him to be that way. That's all. That's what's gonna happen. So just keep that in mind. All right. So uh, I understand. Um, all right. I guess uh, we are gonna get ready to get out of here. Oh, I did want to say one more thing before we go. Um want to say um uh, for everyone listening please keep our friend uh um Mr. Tim Bayer or Tim Bayer I always kid about it how he says his last name um in prayer um as his daughter is going through um situation she's in the hospital and it's really a dire situation. So um, just keep in prayer for those of you who don't know who Tim Baird is. Uh, he's DJ Tim Dog. You hear him in our opening and outro. Uh, he's a good friend of both me and Leonard. And um, we just wanted to let him know. I had a conversation with him earlier today, Leonard, and he was really mm-hmm. in a in a tough place, you know, oh, so wow. if you get a chance to yes, reach out to him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Prayers yeah, to Tim so, and his family. 
Yeah, yeah. So for those who who know Tim, and we might have Tim on the show next week. Matter of fact, uh, he said he might want to come on next week. We'll do the okay. the football preview and everything. So said he needs something to keep his mind, you know, straight. But anyway, uh, so yeah, folks. Um, if you think about it, please keep him in your prayers and him and his daughter and his in your in his um in your prayers as he as they try to. Um, Get her well. That's what I'm going to say. Get her well. So I just wanted to make sure we put that out there. Okay. All right. Uh, anything you want to add, sir? Nah, you know, I, I just want to, since we're talking about legacies, just encourage everybody life is short. Nothing's promised. So, you know, those relationships you may want to mend, mend them now. Those um, goals you want to accomplish or try for, start trying now because, you know, you um, you never know when it's your time to go. That's true. I mean, you know, one day you can be well and the next day you can be uh, not even the next day, the next moment. Yeah. Uh, your whole life could change. So, so just be mindful. Try to treat people right. Love the people you need to love and just uh, try to be be there for the people you need to be there for. So, all right. So that's our uh, Steve Harvey moment at the end of the show, <laughs> our inspirational moment. And, and uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. We'll talk to you soon. Join us next week for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn.